You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 346, How Can I Find Peace, Part 2. Last week, we, we, we set some context talking about a passage of Scripture in which Jesus was preparing His disciples for His soon departure. And we talked from John 13 to John 16 how Jesus was prepping his disciples, letting them know that he was going to be leaving and trying to equip them and letting them know that even though he was leaving, which is a very difficult thing to imagine, even though he was leaving, he, he, he still promised them peace. Listen to this verse, verse. This is John 16, 33. Jesus said, I've said these things to you, the things we just mentioned, preparing them for his leaving. He said, I've said these things to you that in me you may have Peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. You know, if there's something we need today in, in, in our lives and in the world, it's peace. There's tension everywhere you turn. There's fear. There's anxiety. There's worry. There's anger. In so many areas, you know, throughout your day, you probably see some of these things. You probably struggle with some of these things yourself if you're if you're human. And so how do we deal with, with this idea of peace and how can we find true peace? Last week we, we gave a few, few insights and a few tips and we're going to wrap it up today. But uh, just a quick recap. Um, first of all, we said that we have to stay connected. Uh, loneliness breeds depression. Loneliness breeds mental health issues. Loneliness uh, over the last couple of years with COVID and other things that people are going through have has really taken a toll on so many of us. And so um, stay connected to God and to each other. Maintain your relationship with Christ, but also maintain your relationship with other brothers and sisters. Get involved in your local church. Get involved in a small group and stay connected. Number two, we talked about feeding our faith, the importance of turning off the news and feeding our minds and our hearts with things that are good and positive and powerful and encouraging, things that build our faith. These are uh, you know, things such as the scriptures or good positive things on TV or hanging out with the right kind of people that are going to do those th- that's going to help us feed our faith. And then turning our worry into prayer. One of the passages of scripture we looked at last week was from Philippians 4, where Paul says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. But notice, this promise of peace doesn't come automatically. It comes when we turn our our worries and our fears and our anxieties into prayer. He says, don't worry about anything. 
Instead, pray about everything. So when you're tempted to worry, when you're tempted to be afraid, turn it into a prayer and God's peace will come and fill you. So let's move forward today. Number number four, and this is such an important one. Not only do we turn our worry into prayer, number four is we let our prayer, our praise, and our worship become weapons to destroy the enemy's strongholds. You know, the enemy, the the devil, whatever you want to call him, he wants to establish a stronghold in your mind. He wants to establish a stronghold of fear, a stronghold of depression, a stronghold of anxiety. He wants to do everything he can to take your peace away from you. And God has given us weapons. He's given us tools to destroy these strongholds. And a stronghold in our mind is simply a way of thinking that's wrong. And, you know, if, if we're worrying more than we're praying, if we're worrying more than we're going to faith, then you may have a stronghold in your mind that needs to be broken. And the way we do that is we let our prayer, our praise, and our worship become weapons to destroy those strongholds. It says in Isaiah 61 that, 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 that we, can, uh, we can actually put on a garment of praise or a robe of praise for the spirit of heaviness. You know, one of the things you see throughout the Bible is this, this metaphor, this allegory of, of, of clothing, the clothing we wear, kind of describing our lifestyle. And sadly, too many people are putting on the clothing of fear, the clothing of worry, the clothing of anger, whatever it might be. But he says that if we put on the, the garment of praise, the spirit of heaviness will actually be lifted off of us. And that's why people who are struggling with depression, one of the greatest things they can do is, is begin to focus on God and to worship and to pray. And, you know, this may not call, you know heal everybody's depression, but it's sure a good start because depression is a very inward-looking thing. And we, the first thing we can do is get our eyes on God and praise Him and worship Him for who He is and what He's doing in our lives and the ways He has, has blessed us in the past. And, and most people find that when they do this, it begins to lift... That, that, that heaviness off of us. So let our prayer, our praise, and our worship become weapons to destroy strongholds. Well, how do we do this? Well, it involves taking some time. It involves being intentional. Maybe it's in your car. Maybe you put on some worship music in your car, and you sing along, and you begin to wor- worship God. You say, but David, you don't know what I'm going through. Look, we, we all go through stuff. We're all dealing with, with, with this crazy world that we live in today. It doesn't matter. What matters is who God is. And that's why we, we, we put on the worship music and we begin to praise and to worship. And what you'll find is, if you begin to enter into that worship, your problems don't necessarily go away. But when you begin to worship God, you begin to get another perspective on those problems and what it is that you're dealing with. So go into prayer, go into praise, go into worship, and let those weapons destroy the strongholds that uh, the devil wants to establish in your mind. Number five, become an encourager. Become an encourager. You know, as we said, depression and these other things are very inward looking. What would your life look like if you began to look for ways to encourage others? I'm always amazed at the people who kind of um, balk when we talk about this. And they say, well, that's just not who I am. Well, it can be. I mean, it can be. You could become a person who encourages other people and helps them to have a better day. I mean, what would your life look like if instead of 
um, always being that person who, who's got to have the negative point of view, you begin looking for ways, positive ways, to build up other people. You know, it's contagious. If you're a follower of Jesus, um, I would just encourage you to begin to look for ways to speak life into those around you. You know, during the craziness of COVID over the last couple of years, one of the things I've tried to do is when, when, when I've got the opportunity, whether I'm in a line buying groceries or maybe having something done to the car or to bank or whatever, if, if there's a moment, I'll ask the person that I'm dealing with, how are you doing? And it's amazing that when they hear that question, and it's obviously a sincere question, you'll see their eyes get big. And I've been so amazed at some of the things people have actually shared with me about their struggles. And I'll take a minute and I'll encourage them. I'll say, you know what? I know you can do this. I know you're going to make it. I'll pray for you. Um, I'll speak a word of life into them. Even a couple of times I've been able to just stop right there and say, hey, let me say a quick prayer for you right here. Um, You know, however you do it, become an encourager. Um, You may be working at home, but you can speak faith to your family members. You can speak faith and encouragement to those that you end up talking to on a Zoom call. Um, It doesn't all have to be business. I'm sure 99% of it will be. But if you take just that moment or two to speak life and speak encouragement to those that you're dealing with, um, it's very powerful. When you talk to your colleagues over the phone or on a conference call, let's make sure that we're the ones who are positive and upbeat. As Christians, we should be the most positive people on the planet. You know, I'm always amazed when I encounter a Christian who's gloom and doom and miserable and depressed and... Man, I don't want to hang around them. But that's where I want to encourage them and say, look, look up, look to God and become an encourager. Because as Christians, we know that God has the answers. We know that ultimately God's still on the throne and Jesus is still Lord. And so we should always be looking for opportunities to speak life into those around us. And what I find is when I encourage others and when I speak life into those around them, it also speaks life into me. Don't go away. We'll be right back. I just wanted to let you know that this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my book, New Testament Snapshots. New Testament Snapshots is an intimate look at 12 of the lesser known people in the New Testament some of whom you've heard of, some you probably haven't even heard of. There's a few on that list that I bet you may never have even heard of, but they're in the New Testament. And what's fascinating is when you look at, uh, really look at all the passages where some of these lesser known figures are, are mentioned, you're able to begin to get a, a picture, a portrait, a snapshot of who these people are and what their significance in the New Testament was. You know, we're not talking about all the well-known people, the Pauls and the Peters and people like that. But, you know, I want to give you some background on people that you may really have never spent a lot of time studying. So so I want to encourage you, get this book, check it out. It's a great addition to your library. Uh, New Testament Snapshots is designed to help you in your personal Bible study, but also to help you in, in a group study. Um, you know, if you've ever wanted to lead a small group study and you just weren't sure where to start, this is a great book. It's 12 chapters, so each chapter can be a lesson. And there's some discussion questions at the end of each chapter, and it's just a great tool to help you help other people 
get to know the Bible a little bit better. So check out New Testament Snapshots. I'm pretty sure if you click on the link, go to Amazon, you'll actually be able to read the first chapter or two for free. Well, all right, we're back. And today we've talked about letting our prayer, praise, and worship become weapons to destroy our strongholds, the strongholds that want to destroy our peace. And we also talked about encouraging others. You know, even if I'm not necessarily feeling really at peace myself, if I begin to look for ways to encourage others, there's something about God's peace that just seems to come and fill me when I try and be that light to other people. And I'd encourage you to try the same thing. Number six, number six, um, I encourage you in, in your quest for peace, pray for your leaders. You know, it's easy to criticize. It's easy to complain. Politics are a nasty business. But I find if I dwell on politics, whether the person I want in the White House is there or he's not there, um, whether I'm happy with who the governor is or who the governor's not, whether I'm happy with who the county commissioners are or not, or who's on the school board or who not, you know, that kind of th- that's the kind of stuff that also messes with our anxiety and we can get stressed out. But here's what I find. It's good to be politically active. It's good to be politically knowledgeable. But ultimately, Jesus is Lord. Our citizenship is in heaven, and when we pray for our leaders, it helps me anyway to dissipate the anxiety. When I pray for God's blessing on a leader, whether I support them or agree with them, it doesn't matter. I'm being obedient to what the scriptures say, and so we need to constantly be praying for our president and our vice president and the captain, the, the cabinet and the Congress and the Senate and our local leaders, our governors, our mayors, our city councils. All those, pray for them. Because so often, that's where our anxiety comes from. You know, why are we dealing with food shortages? Why are we dealing with gas that costs this much? Why are we dealing with these issues? And it can cause anxiety to come and take our peace away. But let's not get caught up in those things, even though we live in that world. Let's become people who pray for our leaders. Pray that God will bless them. Pray that God will guide and direct them. And that if they're not the people who need to be leading our nation, that he'll remove them and put somebody else in there next time who does a better job. But in the meantime, we are called to pray for them. And then the last one, the last one that we'll talk about. Remember, we're talking about finding peace. How do I find peace in these crazy days? Well, this one's going to seem a little bit odd, but this is, uh, hopefully, is going to challenge you a little bit. How are you developing other people and other leaders during these difficult days? Because, again, it goes back to I can be very introspective and only focused on myself, but the kingdom principles, the, the gospel of the kingdom is an outward-looking message. If you're just worried about yourself, if you're just focused on you and, you know, your own depression and your own anxiety and your own financial problems and whatever, whatever. Look, I get it. We all have issues. But if you're only focused on yourself, can I just as gently tell you as I can, that's not a kingdom mindset. The kingdom mindset is a mindset that's focused outward. Jesus said the Son of Man did not come to be served. This is the Son of God talking The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give His life as a ransom for many. And you say, well, I'm not Jesus. Well, you're called to live like Him. And I don't want to have to stand before Him and say, well, I'm sorry, I was just too busy worrying about myself instead of being concerned about those around me. 
Who in your circle of influence needs to be encouraged? Who in your circle of influence can you help point towards Jesus? What Christian do you know in your life that maybe um, is struggling with something and you are a little further down the road and you might be able to help bring them on the journey? If you're a leader in any sort, how are you developing other leaders? Because people are watching you. How are you dealing with your stuff? It doesn't mean you've got to be perfect. Gosh, I was in leadership for many, many years in the police department. I'm in leadership in my church. We all have our struggles, and, and the worst thing we can do is to hide it. You know, um, you know there, there needs to be some level of transparency and vulnerability there. But people need to see how we deal with our stuff, how we process our stuff, and how can you help them deal with their stuff as well. So how are you developing other leaders during these difficult days? It might mean having some real conversations with them and giving them an opportunity to just talk, somebody to talk to. That's what a pastor does. They let people talk and maybe give them some, some, some thoughts or some, some ideas if that's what they're looking for. But um, how are we helping other people? So quick recap, and then we'll wrap it up. So we started last week with stay connected, talking about finding our peace. you got to stay connected to find your peace. Turn your worry into prayer. Feed your faith. Feed it. Let your praise, prayer, and worship become weapons to destroy strongholds. Encourage others. Become a, 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 a vigorous, an enthusiastic encourager. Um, this is one of the greatest things we can do to help other people. Become an encourager. There's so much negativity. Let's encourage. And then pray for our leaders. Um, it's too easy to criticize. We know that. But let's become people who pray for those in charge. And then... The simple question, how are you developing other leaders around you? Or how are you developing other people? You may say, I'm not, a, I'm not a leader in any way, shape, or form. Okay, well, how are you helping others around you? How are you pointing others toward Jesus? You know, Jesus commanded us to go and make disciples. How are you making disciples of those around you? Well, friends, I would love to hear from you. What are your thoughts on this important subject of finding peace? Let me know what you think. Go to davidspell.com. Leave a question or comment in the comment section for today's post. I'd love to keep the conversation going. Make sure you check out the resource highlight, New Testament snapshots, and we will see you next week on Leading and Learning.